I read something this week that, that stuck with me. A guy named John Rice was the one that, that said it. He said that worry is when we put a question mark where God has put a period. That stuck with me, and I thought, even though nobody at the church next door ever battles worry, we would talk about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider today, so you have something to pass on to those you know who may be too. Who, who are we fooling, right? Do we all not come to those crossroads where we're, we're tempted towards worry? Worries when we put a question mark where God has put a period. I want to talk to you this morning about Jehovah Jireh, one of my favorite names for God. It means the Lord will provide. And I want to begin by talking about the Lord's spiritual provision in our lives. Uh, we see this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 22. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn there with me. It says, as they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. It says they were greatly distressed. His guys are still wrestling with this reality that Jesus has to die and rise again, but why? He had to die for their spiritual provision and for yours and mine. And I think about his sacrifice. You all know that the whole Bible points to Jesus. You know that, right? One of the key stories in the Old Testament that I look to when I think of a story that points to the sacrifice of Jesus is the story of Abraham and, and Isaac. Anyone who's a father, we try to put ourselves in Abraham's shoes, right? When, when God came to him and said, sacrifice your son Isaac. We're told that it was to test his faith. But put yourself in Abraham's shoes. And, and you know the story, but I want to pull out a couple highlights of, of how it points us forward to the sacrifice of Jesus. Genesis 22, verse 5. As Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. First thing I want to point out here is that Isaac carried his own wood to the place of sacrifice. Let's go on. He took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Wow, what went through Abraham's heart at that moment? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. I want to bring out two more things here. Point number two, Isaac cooperated with his father's will to be sacrificed. There's no mention of a struggle there. Number three, 
Isaac was placed on the wood. Let's go on. Verse 10, Abraham reached out his hand and and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For I now know, I know, excuse me, for now I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Fourth thing I want to pull out of here, there was a a substitution. A substitution. The fifth thing I want to point out is that that coming out of this event, we learned that the faith that was exhibited by Abraham here, it all pointed to something in the future. How do we know that? Verse 15, says the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, notice how that keeps coming up, Down to verse 17, I will surely bless you. 18, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You think about the substitution that took place there on this day. You, you know what was later built on that same Mount Moriah by King Solomon? The temple. The temple where the Israelites worshipped and countless lambs were sacrificed as a substitute for their sin to, to cover their sin. But you go forward even further You know what's interesting? That Golgotha, where Jesus died, while not on Mount Moriah itself, was only a short distance from that spot. And I want you to go back to the story we just read and think about some realities. Jesus, too, carried his own wood to the place of sacrifice. Jesus cooperated with his Father's will to be sacrificed. Jesus was laid down on top of the wood. There was a substitution at the cross, only this time it was that Jesus died in your place, in mine, for your sin, in mine. That's why John the Baptist said in John 1.29, look, he pointed at Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And I think about that story in the Old Testament, this true historical account, and and I think it answers another question. In Abraham's willingness to offer his son as the father, I believe we see a glimpse of the father's willingness to offer his son for you. And for me, and it answers the worry. Maybe you've wrestled with it. Is God willing to save me? The answer is yes. 
John 3.16 says it plainly, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to point out something that you need to know. God the Father does not love you because Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross because God the Father loves you. Do you understand the difference? The, the Trinity loves you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Another key Old Testament story that points forward to the, the cross is the, the Passover. You know, the centuries of slavery in Egypt that the Israelites went through, and in plague after plague, Pharaoh said, no, 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 and finally, when the moment came for them to be delivered from slavery, comes what we know as the Passover. Exodus 12, 21. As Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And listen to this. When he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. Let me ask you an important question. What was it that God was looking for to determine which houses he would pass over? Does it say that he was looking inside the homes to see if the people there deserved to be passed over? Does it say he was looking inside the homes to see if the people in there were worthy of being passed over? No. No, he was looking for the blood of the Lamb. You know what 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says? It says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. This answers the worry maybe you brought in here this morning. I'm going to answer it point blank for you. Sometimes we wrestle, am I worthy to be saved? Here's the answer, no. No, neither am I. Neither am I. The, the question is not, are you worthy? It's have you applied the blood of Jesus, the Passover lamb, to your life by receiving his sacrifice in faith? That's it. Je Jehovah Jireh offers us salvation, redemption, and forgiveness from our sins because the lamb is worthy. You want to do an interesting word study? Look up. How many times the word lamb comes up in the book of Revelation? I counted 30. It's an important idea. And over and over we hear that the lamb is worthy. Jesus Christ is worthy. He offers us salvation. But how many of us believers know that there's, there's so much more than, than forgiveness and then, hey, go off on your own and do this thing until you get to heaven? <laughs> oh, there's, there's, there's so much... So much more. I, I want to go through some verses, and I want you to answer me, actually out loud. 
Why don't you tell me, what do you see God provide in these verses for the believer? What spiritual provision? John 14, 16, Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, God himself lives inside of every believer in Jesus Christ. What do you see in 2 Peter 1, 3? It says his, his divine power has given us everything. Does that say some things? Everything. everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So tell me again, what's he give us in that verse as believers? Everything, everything we need for a godly life. Now, I think it's important we realize that's in there. You got to know when you go camping what's in your backpack because if you don't know you got matches in there, you might sit for three or four hours doing this with wood and go to bed cold and frustrated. That's why it's good to know if you got matches in the backpack, right? You say, how do I know what all God's given me for a godly life? Pull out his word. Look at the promises he's made you. Tell me what he gives to those who ask in faith in this, this verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him, but let him ask in faith. What, what does he provide there? Anybody need wisdom today? Facing some challenging decisions? What does he promise in this one? Ephesians 3.14, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. What, what does he provide there? Strength and power. Anybody feeling weak today? Anybody need strength? Last but not least, you tell me what he provides here. This is in a context where some of the apostles had been arrested for preaching about Jesus, and then they were dragged out of jail and dragged before the authorities. You know what the early church did in response to that? They, they prayed. And I want you to see what happened in Acts 4.29, and you tell me what God provides. Here's their prayer. They said, Now, Lord, look upon their threats. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They asked to speak his word with boldness, and what did he give them? Boldness. Anybody use some boldness this morning as you step out those doors into a world that needs the message we have? Listen, this is the moment. I, I heard from someone that said they wanted to share about God's physical provision, and we'll get there later, but I, I want to ask. I didn't hear from anybody. Is there anyone that would like to take a minute or two and give glory to God by sharing how he has provided for you spiritually? It could be recent. It could be in your past. I don't care. 
There's a hand coming up. Dan, come on down. Or I can bring it to you if you prefer. Oh, yeah. Walter. Okay, Sorry, on. I saw two. I didn't see the front hand. Walter it's, and Dan. Um, spiritual provision. Um, he caused the word, as it is written, to leap up in my heart of hearts through a time where um, I had been a imitation believer. I was a false convert for decades. I knew all about the word. I knew all about God. And when things went haywire, me going way left like a goat, not a sheep to the right, he provided a way for me to um, be humbled, which was um, brokenness. And the word heals my soul. Kathy and I had gotten apart for a minute because of my sinful nature. But he provided a way for the word to permeate my very existence that every single time I hear the word, I love God even more because he wrote it down. And I have my mother's 1938 Bible. It hasn't changed a bit since 1938. I want to keep it simple. And when he says it, I believe it. And when I do that with increasing boldness to come to him and say, what's next, Father, instead of why me, he keeps giving me the power to have it man of him manifest himself in my life as his beloved, as Kathy's husband. I get to do things so that all the rest of you can then get in line. God, my wife, and then everybody else. I keep it simple. He provides the way instead of a way in Yahweh. Amen. Thank you, Walter. Dan, come on down. So encouraging. Thank you. Oh, it's kind of scary up here. <laughs> um, ten days Just ago today. Them in their underwear, you know. That's what they always say, right? Thank you. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. No, no. Um, ten days ago today, uh, I was at the hospital early in the morning, and Scott there was there with us, uh, prayed with me and my wife, and uh, we thought I might need another stent. I already had three, and uh, I was supposed to be in for about an hour. And uh, let me take a, a step backwards. About a year ago, the Lord had me sit down with a yellow line tablet and list all the times in my life when I should have either been killed or seriously injured, but wasn't. So uh, that was very humbling. And then um, I added another one to it 10 days ago. Uh, I needed two more stents, and they needed to clean out the three, previous, the three previous stents that were done. And instead of taking an hour, it took almost five hours. I don't think I told you that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I am so happy to be alive. And um, my surgeon said something really funny. He said, I am not. And in three days, I felt like a new man. And so I'm really happy to be here today. Oh, thank, thank you, Dan, Lord. for that encouraging word. And now I'm going to invite Pastor Aaron up for just a few minutes. As, as you think about God's spiritual provision, I want you to think about, well, where do you need his provision today? Maybe some of you need to receive Christ's sacrifice for you for the first time. This could be the day.
Maybe some of you need to ask for wisdom or, or boldness or strength. I don't know. We're going to give you just a few minutes sitting where you're at to talk to the Father and ask him what you need him to provide you spiritually. I want to shift gears for just a couple minutes and talk to you about the Lord's physical provision because how many of you know that's often often where the battle with worry, the temptation towards worry rages. I want to pass on something you may have seen out there. Mike sent it to me. I'm just going to paraphrase it. I found it powerful. It was a video that was going around. I'm going to paraphrase it for an Arizona crowd. But the guy was talking about, it's all about whose hands it's in. When it comes to life, it's all about whose hands it's in. And he used a couple illustrations. He said, if I pick up a basketball, it's worth maybe 14, 15 bucks. If Devin Booker picks up a basketball, all of a sudden it's worth millions. 
right? Those of you who don't know, he plays for our Phoenix Suns here. All-star. If I pick up a stick, I might be able to hit something or, or whittle something for you. But, but if Moses picks up a, a stick in the power of God, the Red Sea parts. It's all about whose hands it's in. And then he gets to the point. He said, if, if I put two nails in my hands, I might be able to make you a, a birdhouse or nail a couple boards together or something. But if you put two hands in the Son of God, he dies and, and pays for the sin of the whole world. It's all about whose hands it's in. And at the close of the video, he encourages us to say, hey, what about your worries today? Whose hands are they in? Are they in your own? Or will you take God up on his word where he says, cast your cares on me, for I care for you. We see the Lord's physical provision in Peter's life. Matthew 17, 24. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, yes. Then he goes inside to make sure. <laughs> when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, Go to the sea and cast a hook. Then take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. I think about all the ways Jesus could have come up with that money, right? He's God in flesh. He had a million options. Why do you think he chose a fish? I have a hunch, I could be wrong, but it has something to do with the way Peter made his living before he left those nets behind. You, you know what a step of faith that would have been? God shows up at your workplace and says, follow me. And oh, you, you tend to think about what you're, what you're leaving behind, right? And wonder. Jesus says, Peter, you go catch a fish and our tax will be in its mouth. I think that was a very personal way of saying to Peter, I got you. I got you. I'll provide for you. And he had heard this truth already on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew 6, 31, Jesus said, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I love how personal it was for Peter. I believe God deals with us in personal ways. I think about God's provision for physical needs, and I think of a man named John Brintz, who is an associate of Martin Luther during the Reformation. Those guys took a stand on God's word against the church at that time. This is what God's word says. This is what you say. And it put their lives on the line. 
John Brentz found out that the Spanish cavalry was coming to kill him. He didn't know what to do. And suddenly, uh, a room in town, an upper room, came to his mind. He grabbed a loaf of bread, and he went there, knowing that a loaf of bread wasn't going to last long. And, and he hid there from the Spanish cavalry for 14 days. You know what happened once a day, every one of those 14 days? A chicken walked its way into that room and without a sound laid an egg. 14 days in a row. It didn't show up the 15th day, but then he heard word, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. And he came out. And I think about Peter's fish. I think about this. I think about Elijah being fed by the ravens. And does it not remind you that we have a sovereign God who's in control and is able to provide for the needs of his children? Now's the time for those testimonies. I know I heard from Daniel. Uh, Daniel wants to share a testimony of God's physical provision in his life. And if there's one more out there, you feel free to come on down too while he shares. How many of you know how hard it is for an Arizona teacher to get a raise? <laughs> <laughs> is this a call for prayer? It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, in February, I was given the opportunity to start taking classes toward my Master of Divinity again. For everybody who doesn't know, I'm not only the youth pastor, but I also work at Grand Canyon University. And for the last four and a half years, I also worked at my friend's coffee shop, Third Shot Coffee. Well, we knew if I were to start taking classes, something had to go. And as much as I love coffee, I gave up the coffee shop and we talked about it for months. What are we going to do? Because it wasn't an unsizable amount of our income. Well, Caitlin got asked as the kindergarten teacher to take on more responsibilities. And it wasn't until over the summer we realized she was getting a raise to do it. For exactly the amount I would be losing, leaving the coffee shop. <laughs> So now I can take classes, and we're not actually losing any income. Just some of my free time. <laughs> Praise the Lord, man. And we're so thankful for the step of faith you took to stay here and pour into our kids. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? God's physical provision. All right, this is your time to talk to the Father about that. I don't doubt that there are many of you out there looking at a very physical situation and you came in burdened down by it wondering how it's going to work out i want you to take a few moments and take it to the faithful father we've been talking about pray for his physical provision
as we prepare to close our service with communion, to be passed in just a moment and share that together to remember the cross. I, I think about how these two truths about God's provision may have hit the church in Matthew's day when they read it. First, the spiritual provision, the Son of Man must die and rise again. Then the physical provision, he had the taxes covered. What an encouragement it must have been to them. And it reminds me of what, what Paul said in Romans 8.32. He said, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He cares about your eternity. Of, of course he cares about that burden you're, you're carrying today. As we prepare for communion and think about the provision of the Lamb, I want to want to read from 1 Peter 1, 18, where Peter writes, You were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. As the worship team sings, we're going to pass communion. I invite every believer in this room to, to take. Make sure you grab both cups. The bottom one has the bread. Hold on to it while we sing this song. Then we'll, we'll share that moment of remembrance together. Father, we thank you so much for the lamb who is worthy, the lamb who is slain and rose again, victorious over sin and death. What a generous father you are. Thank you. In Jesus' name.